So I guess Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. We ought to probably keep that going. We have, uh, for this message, this this isn't part of a series. This is just uh, New Year's Day. So let's talk about integrity. And let's think about faith in our relationship with God in terms of integrity. Uh, First, scales, and you see that on the image, and you're used to those those kind of things. They're mainly digital these days, but you get the idea. There is, in our minds, this kind of superstition that wraps itself around our brain and functions in our body, and regardless of how much the Bible we read, without strenuous effort, we will find ourselves going back to a scale. We will think, God does this for me because of a certain merit. And if I, I don't know, keep a cross in my house, and, or if I wear one, then there's going to be good luck. And if I, I perform certain things, then, then I deserve to be treated uh, really well, comfortably, because we like comfort, uh, abundantly in terms of uh, any wealth or other things that might come our way. We're, you know, like a kid on Christmas, we're counting how many presents we got under the tree compared to the siblings, and we have to have more than they do, or we're not loved. And so we, we can kind of run through that. Here's where the rub comes. If something goes awry in our lives, something that just does not fit our plan, God, why? You've probably never asked that question, but that's, why? Why me? We were just getting it together. This was just, we were, why? And then before long, the sour attitude, the slowness to react to God, the dullness of hearing, the departure from reading scripture, the trust begins to wane, and that distance creates more and more uh, pain. And we think, well, we need to balance the scale here, Lord. You know, I did this for you. You need to do this for me. And God's in heaven going, really? Because I don't remember you ever having enough of anything to tip that scale. I did it. I gave you life. I gave you whatever it is that's missing, and now you're mad because it's missing, and really, the scale. And yet, that is so built into the human condition that it is hard to kick it out. Integrity says, we're going to stick with him no matter what. No matter what, we're going to stick with him. So trust in the Lord. Hebrews 10.35 So do not throw away this Confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord because there's a reward. There, there's more coming. God has more for us internally, externally, in heaven, and in, in eternity. Also here, there's just things he wants to bring into our lives. It's our 
inability to conceptualize what those things might be. If you wanted a Barbie, not you guys, maybe, I hope, want a, wanted a Barbie as a kid for Christmas and you got uh, Chatty Cathy or something different, you're just going, oh, no, this is not what I wanted. Now I'm angry about this whole thing. And he says, but I, there's a great reward. There's more to this. There's more, you know, you got a gift and somebody cared, but there's more. There's more to this a place to live, place to even as a kid, you're taken care of. So there's this tendency to kind of question God, even when it, with we mean we mean well. It's just that it wrapped up inside of us. Why did this happen to me? And then that lashing out at God about it. And integrity says, trust in the Lord. I trust in the Lord. So here's the practice of integrity. True to the Lord. An attitude, words, and behavior. So, in that case, personal righteousness is necessary. And it is worth noting that your grandmother's righteousness is not yours. So, you have to be right with God. You have to get this relationship with Him right. The holy trinkets uh, that may seem to you know, like bring the good luck charm kind of idea. They don't tip the scale. They don't help. They, this is about a relationship with the Most High God. And it is about loving Him, being loyal to Him with love. So loving loyalty toward God and loving loyalty, will will that tips the scales. Everything else, eh, there's there's some questionable stuff there. Loving loyalty, and then whatever else we do, really does make a difference in, a, in this relationship with God. So, here's something. This is from Ezekiel 14, verse 14. And the prophet Ezekiel is, is addressing the people of Israel. And he says, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there... Their righteousness would save no one but themselves, says the Sovereign Lord. So you have these people and you think, well, okay, if we have those guys, and if they're part of the, you know, like the people of Israel, so if we have these guys, then, then our country's safe. Then uh, we can do whatever we want. We can think however we want. We can connect with God however we, we want. And... The word of the Lord from the prophet Ezekiel is not so much. So if the majority of people, the majority of the religious people in Israel, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, if the majority of the religious people in Israel are doing their thing their way, and God says, that's not it. That is not it. It lacks integrity. It's not the real thing. It's not real trust. It's not loving loyalty. It is their own deal that even if you had among them Noah, Daniel, and Job, they would be the ones who were saved because they trust God, because of their integrity, because of their love for God. Not their perfection, but their love for God. So let me just review these guys. So faith to righteousness, because God considered each of them righteous because of their faith. We get down to Hebrews, but let's let's 
just take a quick uh, rerun through this thing. Hebrews eleven seven by faith, you know Noah built an ark. God said there's going to be a flood, and I'm going to take you and your family and a bunch of critters, and we're going to start over. Now there hadn't been one of those before. You go well, you know we've never done it that way before. Obviously, we can't do that now. That, that wouldn't happen. That, that would be just so out of place. And why would you treat us in any such way? Everyone on the planet, everyone except the eight in the ark. That's it. The ones who trusted God. That's how it works. But if the eight hadn't gotten on there, he would have saved Noah because Noah trust, trusted him. And he's saying, <laughs> comes down to it, just Noah. But he's the one who had the faith. So by faith... He built the ark. It's counted as righteousness because he listened to the Lord. He loved the Lord. He wanted to connect. He wanted to keep that connection. Daniel, and it it really fascinates fascinates me that in this case, Daniel is a prophet in Babylon. And here's the Babylonian empire. And Ezekiel is running back and forth from the captives in Babylon to Jerusalem, and so they are contemporaries at the same time. And yet the Lord says, hey, you know that guy living over there? That guy. If, if everybody else just does their own thing, and here's the majority. Let me throw out the majority thing here. If crowds and crowds and crowds of people show up at a church, it must be right If that church has 15 campuses, it must be right. Is that true? No. And he's saying, so what? If the entire nation thinks they got it right, they don't. These guys can't even save them, but I will save those who trust me, those who have integrity of faith, loving loyalty, connected to the Lord, that, that will deliver them. So he lays that out. But in Daniel six twenty six, we have this from King Darius, and it's just so cool. This is after Daniel's been put into the lion's den. Remember, he has to go suffer for his faith, so he's thrown into the lion's den, and they're starved before they put anybody in there just to make it interesting. Then they open the doors and let the lions in into a pit, and in this case, the Lord said, no, we'll just, yeah, that's not happening. So the angel comes and closes the lion's mouths. And, and Daniel's like, yeah, and just another, another thing, another night. And just, he's not sweating it. And so King Darius is, you know, can't sleep all night. He's out there first thing in the morning. Sentence has been given and executed and he says Daniel are you alright and he's yep just fine and at that time the king puts out a decree and that's what this is a decree uh, that everyone is to fear the God of Daniel who is the living God now this is in a society that has all kinds of gods they're worshipping all kinds of ways and this guy gets it and he goes well Yeah, nobody else has pulled this off. Well, what was Daniel doing? He's just trusting God. His integrity, his walk with God, though he didn't go along with the crowd, 
and he didn't go along with the government and it caused him to be in a bad way and yet God is there with him and he says, yeah, Daniel, yeah, I'll deliver him. I'll, I'll deliver Noah and I'll deliver Job. So Job, as you know, went through some horrible, horrible days, lost everything, and he's suffering personally in, in his own body. And he says in 1315, though God slay me, I will hope in him. So think of the scales. Lord, I did all this for you, and, and you were blessing me, and obviously that was so great, and now you've taken it all away. And now I'm in great pain. So who are you? Why? Why would you do such horrible things to me? And he says, no, even if he slays me, even then, I'm hoping in him. That's integrity. That's faith. That's keeping that trust, that connection with God uh, going. So let's do a little bit of this. Comparing contemporary opinion Modern-day thinking, contemporary opinion, and revealed historic truth. So we're going to do a little bit of putting some, some things together. From, from the time that the scriptures are revealed, God has put out his message. And then what is the message that we share uh, today? What, what kind of things do we come up with? So here's contemporary opinion. And this is a contemporary Christian song that is actually really, I really like it. But I want to deal with a concept here that is uh, repeated in the song. There's only love in the heart of God. Doesn't that sound great? Untrue, but isn't it? Doesn't it sound great? Because God is love, God is just. God is truth. Not only love. We love that one, don't we? Yeah, just just love. Pat me on the head. That big, white-haired, long-bearded grandpa in the sky. Aren't you just the cutest? Huh. But no lightning. No thunder. No truth. There's a lot more in the heart of God. The fact that he loves us, knowing all of that, makes it even greater. If you say there's only love in the heart of God, then you kind of come up with a wimp. Wow. So where's the justice for the victim? What about those who went through the concentration camps? Let's just love. Love those Nazis. Love their methods. Just love. Really? No. God is greater. There's a whole lot more. There's only love in the heart of God. No room for shame in his open arms. Anybody ever done anything shameful? Really shameful. Probably all of us some more than others, and then outside of this building, a whole lot. You go, really? No shame. Where does that come from? Where does the idea that only love exists in the heart of God and there's no shame? 
contemporary culture. We don't like it. We don't want to be called on it. We don't want a God who holds us to truth. We don't want to be judged. Everybody gets judged. We're judging all the time. You judged everybody in here when you walked in. Look how they're dressed. Look how they greet me. Look how they're moving around. You all did that. Everybody. It's just part of life. That's neither good nor bad. It's just what we do. How does God do it? Absolutely, accurately, perfectly. He knows the ins and outs. Is there shame? Yeah. This song is great for those, because he's, he's going to say this in just a minute, who are without God, who are lost, who need to come to him and discover that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. They need to know that. They need to know the other. But initially, it's for some, it keeps them at a distance because they think God is a harsh taskmaster and that's the only thing he offers. No, there's love. Not just love, but there's love. So no room for shame in his open arms. There's beauty from ashes, so come as you are. Really? Yeah, when you're new to Christ, any way you want to come, just come. And there's only love in the heart of God. Uh, No. He's not sitting there shaking his head, writing you off, leaving you lost true if you're coming to him nope he's sitting he's not sitting there shaking his head wishing he had never went to that cross of course he's thrilled he went to the cross because he's bringing people in and he loves to bring people in he wants his family so he's busy doing that so he's in the process of of developing all of that with his love but it's also with truth and he doesn't back off of what is real And he will apply love, his love, not the one that we offer from our contemporary culture that says we affirm all things, everybody, there's no shame. We need a lot more shame. We need a lot more shame in our culture. We need a lot more shame in ourselves. And we need to face it and say, I have failed. I have failed God. I've failed people. I just own it. I come to him. There's love. There's mercy. There's grace. He's ready, but if we cover it up and say, none of that really matters. All that I've ever done to anyone really doesn't matter. We'd like to hear that because we don't want to have regrets. And 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 we'd like for it to all be someone else's fault anyway. So, you know, that works. But that's not how God does this. So what's the historic, revealed historic truth? God's truth revealed in history. He has faithful friends with integrity. Um, we have that. We have Noah, Daniel, Job as examples given in this passage. There are, uh, in in history, pretenders who have idols in their hearts, and they are doomed. That's not only in history, but today. Idols in their hearts. They're worshiping other things, worshiping other gods. They elevate something else to the level of, of the one true God, the living God that even King Darius acknowledged. This is the one. This is the living God, as opposed to all this other stuff we got going on. In contemporary culture, we move all kinds of things above God. Jesus 
is sitting at the right hand because of what he has done, of, because of who he is, and then his sacrifice on our behalf, and because he accomplished what God sent him to do. He's fully cognizant of what was coming, and he did it anyway. Talk about love. Pretenders, religious pretenders, and they have idols in their hearts. Some things are going to happen. God rescues those who are loyal. He rescues those who are loyal. So we have that, again, with Noah, Daniel, and Job. Popular ideas are not necessarily God-approved. These contemporary uh, theologies, contemporary songs, contemporary... Just throwing, throwing out uh, things that float around in our culture. It can, be in, it can be in our families, it can be in our conversation, it can be in the books we read, but we pick up things about God that just are not true. And we have to go back to the scriptures and go, okay, so what is he talking about? Because God is not just love. He is truth. He is just. We need all of it. We need his mercy because he is truth and just. And we need all of it to be there. We need him to be who he is. So this is from uh, the prophet. And he says, some of the leaders of Israel visited me. And while they were sitting with me, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. And, okay, leaders of Israel, so, you know, religious leaders, they're in captivity, they're over in Babylon, and, and then they come to hang out. So that's what... They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. Why should I listen to their requests? Hmm... So they have these idols in their hearts. So that's an internal one. So it looks like they're being religious and following the one true God. But somewhere in here, there's something else going on. And it will lead them into sin. And God says, so they're faking it by coming to you and asking like they want an answer. In reality, they have something else, another agenda. They're going a different direction altogether. That's what's happening. Tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of Israel have set up idols in their hearts and fallen into sin. And then they go to a prophet asking for a message. So I, the Lord, will give them the kind of answer their great idolatry deserves. Now you see the scale. I will do this to capture the minds and hearts of all my people who have turned from me to worship their detestable idols. Therefore, tell the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, repent and turn away from your idols and stop all your detestable sins. I, the Lord, will answer all those, both Israelites and foreigners, who reject me and set up idols in their hearts and so fall into sin and who then come to a prophet asking for my advice. This is really hard, by the way. There are times when people who are just totally distant from God and on purpose, not somebody seeking, this is, that's a different thing, and they go, well, I've, I've got it together. i got this thing with God going. And they'll come and ask, can you pray? Would you just kind of, you know, I'm looking for God's will. I'm looking for direction. And you go, huh, no. No, I can't. Not until that day when you give up your idol which can be anger, unforgiveness, outburst, uh, seeking uh, 
sexual satisfaction outside of the bonds of marriage, because there's just the one outlet. I'm going to go to all of these extremes. I'm going to, I'm going to demand my way. I'm going to take other people's stuff, time, maybe even their moment of glory. So it's supposed to be about somebody, and you're supposed to respect and honor somebody. But no, I'm going to swoop in and take it with a little tricky bragging if I can get it to circle back to me. And he's saying, it's just detestable stuff. Just, just, I'm not approving of those things. And yet it happens, and he's, but I'm going to make an example of them, eliminating them from among my people. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And if a prophet is deceived into giving a message, it is because I, the Lord, have deceived that prophet. I will lift my fist against such prophets and cut them off from the community of Israel. It won't take you long if you look at the website Ministry Watch over the last months and you'll see how many Christian megapastors are listed among those stealing money and sexual affairs who are... uh, the messages that they're presenting are from a contemporary, not historical truth. And it exists today. Not just then, it exists today. So there's things that are just unfolding. He says, if they're de- deceived, they're given this message. Yeah, I'm just, because they've already turned. their idols in their heart. They're going that direction. I'm going to give them really deceptive things and turn them loose. And then you see the crowds gathering, the likes on Facebook, and it is enormous. And they'll get lots of money. Because how can they steal the money if they didn't get it? Lots of money. Huh. False prophets and those who seek their guidance will all be punished for their sins. In this way, the people of Israel will learn not to stray from me, polluting themselves with sin. They will be my people, and I will be their God, the sovereign Lord. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, suppose the people of a country were to sin against me, and I lifted my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. So he's given a you know, possibility. Well, they're in captivity, so we know this is legit. He, he's kind of just done this. So what if he did that? You know, think the scales. Well, you know, we show up, we, we wear the robes, and we have a temple, and, and we follow some of the rules. But we have idols in our hearts. So we do some of the rules. We don't do all of them because, you know, we don't really love you. We just want the good stuff that you can provide. And if you give us some good stuff, then, you know, we're a little more favorable. We're, we, it, it's good. It's good. But if you don't go along with us on what we want, we're going to have to go with that other guy. Just going to have to. And he's going, what What if a country were to sin against me? I lifted up my fist to crush them. Now, I take you back to there's only love in the heart of God. Now, you put those two together. See the problem? Huh. Only love in the heart of God. Cutting off their food supply, sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. 
Sometimes people care more about the animals than the people, so that, that's probably a good line to have there. Then we're coming to our verse. Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves, says the sovereign Lord. Or suppose I, would, I were to send wild animals to invade the country, kill the people, and make the land too desolate and dangerous to pass through. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be made desolate. Or suppose I were to bring war against the land, I sent, and I sent enemy armies to destroy both people and animals. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved. Or suppose I were to pour out my fury by sending an epidemic into the land and the disease killed people and animals alike. As surely as I live, says the sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved by their righteousness. Now this is what the sovereign Lord says. How terrible it will be when all four of these dreadful punishments fall upon Jerusalem, war, famine, wild animals, and disease, destroying all our people and animals. Yet there will be survivors, and they will come here to join you as exiles in Babylon. You will see with your own eyes how wicked they are, and then you will feel better about what I have done to Jerusalem. When you meet them and see their behavior, you will understand that these things are not being done to Israel without cause. I the sovereign Lord, have spoken. But there's only love in the heart of God. But it's true love. It's pure love. It's sincere love. It is looking out for the good of those who are love God and love people. He told us that at the beginning. That's the main thing, right? Number one. So what do we do with that? We put it on scales. We balance it out on our scales, not his. God forbid we put it on his. No, ours. So we can tell him, God, you failed to show up. You failed to help. You let a famine in here. You let an army invade. You let horrible things happen to me. You can't even save your own sons or daughters. You know whose righteousness can? Jesus. His righteousness saves us all makes it possible for all of us. His extends out. No one else, even those who are faithful. But God is saying, here's the deal. If you trust me, if your faith is true, you have integrity. You're not keeping little areas of these idols, false idols, going your own direction. You're listening. Then I have some other things to bring you. He says to these who are in captivity already, when I bring these other ones in, you're going to see how bad they really are. See, in contemporary culture, you go, oh, they're bad, but we just got to love them anyway. Well, that kind of love, we accept people as human beings. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to treat people like humans. That's what we do. Do we affirm all their actions and all their attitudes and all, their, all that they've done? Nope. Just the other day, the uh, courts 
brought in a Nazi secretary, 97 years old, convicted her. Well, that's not right. She's 97. No, it was right. Why? Because there's justice in this world, and a lot of people, millions of them, died at the hands of some people who went sideways. And we've got a lot of that, either in ourselves or around us, and our God, who really, really loves us, and wants the best for us and for the world and for everyone living here, wants to have justice and truth, and he wants to bring it our way. And he says, when you're walking with me, when you have integrity, that's what he's telling Ezekiel here, you'll be able to see it. When you see this other group coming in and their opinions, you'll see it. Huh. Does that mean be judgmental? Yeah. Properly judgmental, which is what Jesus said. He didn't say, do not judge. He said, judge rightly. According to God's truth, judge rightly. So how do we look at contemporary culture? It's gone astray. It's all around us. It's in the church. It's all around in the teaching. It's in the songs. And we, to be truthful to be people of integrity with loyalty to our God. We check his truth. We check everything against his truth, against his character, his way of doing things, not just assume, assume we already have it or that we've already arrived because of our great wisdom. We turn to him and we address these things from his perspective. And if we hold on to our idols in our hearts, he says it is a detestable sin. Punishment will come our way. That is when the scales are tipped and not in our favor. But if we trust him, then we have the righteousness of Christ that helps us, that gives us hope, that fills us with God's love, gives us the ability, like the Holy Spirit will give us, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness. We have all of those things coming into us to operate from. So we come from a different place because of what he does and what he's brought us. If we assume we already have it, we don't really spend that much time in the book. We don't need scriptures telling us. We don't want to hear from somebody telling us something like this message. This will really be hot on the internet because nobody will ever want to hear this again. It's right there, chapter 14 of Ezekiel. Huh. So Noah, Daniel, Job could not save us. What do you think about Bill and Bob and Brian and the pulpits? Or Randy? Can't save us. There's truth, God's truth, Jesus' righteousness. He's asked us to come to him, to love him. He's never hidden that. Love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. He's not kidding. Get rid of the idols. So we're looking at a year ahead, 2023. What idols exist from 2022 that have yet to be dealt with? What is it that keeps us bound up, chained, held back? He says, just get rid of that. Come to him. Trust him.
Learn to connect with him. Let that character of God begin to flow into us so that we become more and more like Christ. So that is something we can actually do in 2023. Call to action for 2023. Trust God. Do what God says. You know, all of that Ezekiel 14 was to get to that. Let's trust God. Do what God says. He's got so much more for each of us. He's got more for this contemporary culture. He actually does love these people. He wants them to come around to know him. But not their way. He doesn't want Christians who are using scales. That's a leftover from old thinking. He wants people to come to him with integrity. Truthfully come to him. Getting rid of the idols in our hearts. Believing him. And that's what we see in Noah, Daniel, and Job. And when we do that, God will reach down out of the crowd and lift us up and bring us out and bring us safely home. That's what he does. That's the love of God. Let's pray. Lord, we are blessed, truly blessed to know you to have access to the scriptures, to have the Holy Spirit indwelling us and offering us a new way of living. This is the first day of a year, new year, and it's our opportunity to have 365 days of living for you, of loving you, of growing in you. And this is our day to say yes to you and no to maybe idols in our hearts or other things that have just tripped us up Time to get those things loose, uh, to deal with them, and to follow you fully with integrity. Lord, thank you for the righteousness of Christ that is extended to us. Your mercy is great. Your grace is awesome. Your love surprises us. Thank you for believing in us enough to have us in your family and Lord, we commit, we commit 2023 to you in the name of the righteous one, Jesus our Lord. And everyone said, amen.